Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy? Pioneer aerospace excellence? Start a global hospitality brand? Be next to do it in Montgomery County, Maryland. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how our top talent, diversity, and location will help you be the next company to change the world. Breathe in, breathe out. Get dressed, head out. Grab some friends, camp out. Get hiked up, vibe out. Take it in, let it all out. At REI Co-op, we're here for all the outs. And we want you to spend more time outside our doors and in them. Try it out, check out, then get out. REI Co-op, all out. Visit REI.com. Two years ago, I wrote my first book, and it was titled The Fortunate Unfortunates, People Who Witness Paranormal Creatures. Now, some may find this a strange title, but if you're like me and you've seen things that would terrify others, it's really weird when people say, I would love to see something like that, or you're so lucky, I'd give anything to come face to face with one. Now, some of the people who witness these creatures feel like they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, and I suppose it depends on your viewpoint. In September, I will release the second book in the series. We witness dogmen, werewolves, shucks and wolf-headed men. As a gift to my listeners, I have included some of the chapters here for you to enjoy. I would like to thank every one of my supporters, my patrons and my YouTube channel members, and also the volunteers at BBR who keep things running smoothly behind the scenes. Now tonight, you will hear the experiences of people unfortunate or fortunate enough to see the upright bipedal canines, known by many names across the world, even here in the UK. There are dogman, werewolves, upright canines, wolf-headed men, devil dogs and horror hounds and shucks. Now, the people that see them are ordinary folks going about their day when they're suddenly confronted with a sight straight out of a horror movie. I've also included some reports that I feel fit the habit and characteristics of these canine creatures. Often seen around our cemeteries and ancient burial sites, they're known to shadow humans as they walk in the woods, sometimes even coming very close to our homes. They watch us silently as we weave along the paths, sometimes spotted from the corner of your eye but most often unseen. Now, as more and more people begin to share their experience with these incredible creatures, we start to learn some of their behaviours and habits. Hearing each story shared gives you an indication of patterns in description or a certain trait of action. For example, I think many of you will agree that dogman creatures seem far more aggressive than any other cryptid. We know they shadow in stark in some areas where they feel very comfortable. They will often growl or snarl before they are even seen. They are often described as having red eyes or yellowish eyes. You will hear stories from people who saw what we would commonly describe as a werewolf-like creature with very dog-like characteristics. Yet others see what they describe as wolf-headed or dog-headed men. They have human bodies with the face and fur of a dog. And then we have the shocks and the phantom dogs that seem to dwell between two worlds. 
Creatures which are often described as being as large as a pony and thickly muscled, with snouted faces and canine teeth. These creatures are the creatures of our nightmares. They are certainly fierce enough to keep us up at night, and some unfortunate folk come face to face with these inexplicable horrors in some of our most beautiful places. Yet others see them walking home from work at night, or whilst driving to work and from work, and in a couple of disturbing cases, are actually experienced while working your shift. Now, the netherwitten dog-like thing is our latest report, and it came in on the 21st of August 2020. And if you listen to the podcast, that was yesterday evening. Now, I received a call from a gentleman in the Morpeth area of the northeast. He saw something whilst driving from Simonside to Netherwitten. And he said, I went out for a drive last night and I saw something I cannot explain. I've been running it through my mind all day, trying to find an explanation for what happened. So I asked the witness, what was your first thought on seeing it? And his answer was, what the, is that? It's got pointed ears. He said, I was driving when I saw it in my rear view mirror. It was maybe 40 yards behind us. It was 8.42pm last night because I looked at the dashboard clock. We were driving from east, uh, from Simonside to Netherwitten, going east, and a flock of sheep legged it out of the trees on the right of the road, and they went across the road in front of us, so I slowed down. When I passed, I looked to see what might have spooked them, expecting to see a dog or something. I looked in my rearview mirror, and I saw something dark. I saw a set of shoulders. I saw one arm and a head leaning out of the trees, and it was looking our way. I couldn't see any features, just pointy ears. And I was just going to put it to the back of my mind, but it's been on my thoughts ever since. To be honest, it was my wife's idea to drive past the Simonside Hills, as it was a nice sunset. I'm not a fan of the place at all, it has an off vibe to it. Now, one of um, the BBR members is going out with this chap um next week i think or in the next couple of days uh, to have a look at the area and obviously try and debunk it and see if there was anything there that he could have mixed it up with but knowing him um i would say that they're not going to find anything he's i think he's seen something i had a look at ancient burial sites in the area and there are many and there are many many ancient sites and cairns and nether witten is has a cairn itself and i don't think it was seen very far from that and as you'll hear as i go through some of the reports, many of the reports that feature dog-headed creatures are around our burial sites and ancient sites. You will also no doubt notice as you hear the accounts, there's no single description of a bipedal canine. They are mostly described as looking like a wolf or a German shepherd. But the descriptions do vary. We receive reports where the canine creature seen is described as a hyena-like or baboonish. There are also reports where the face is said to be flat, like a human face. Some of the creatures have paws and tails, where others have hands and feet. Ears are usually described as being high up on the head and pointy like a dog's. Yet the legs can be human or dog-shaped. Are we dealing with different creatures? That's what I suspect. Or like most beings, do they come in all shapes and sizes, depending on their genetic makeup or their bloodlines? 
We also have to figure in the witness's knowledge base. I would say most witnesses here in the UK would recognise a werewolf-type creature. They're in our history and they're in popular culture. It may be that some of these reports are misidentified wildmen, a Bigfoot. I know I struggled for years to put a name to the creature that I saw. But I can understand why a witness to an upright bipedal canine would struggle to explain what they saw and what it was. Being presented with this impossible event can take years to come to terms with. No two witnesses are alike. Some are very reluctant to make the report for fear of ridicule or dismissal. Yet others cannot share quickly enough. They don't want to be left alone out there with no one to compare notes with. I searched for years for answers and I'm still searching now. Others put the event behind them and it's never spoken of again. As researchers and listeners, we must remember all of these factors when we're taking a report. Usually, at the beginning, I let a witness talk out the whole event. And at the end, I ask them what was the first thing or word that popped into their head when confronted by the creature. That can give me a clue on how to start helping them. Validation can be huge, so finding another report of a similar creature close by can help immensely. I don't rush the report, even if it's like pulling teeth. I go as slowly as the witness needs me to. Building a rapport with them is far more important than getting the experience out to the public. Sometimes it can take years and years to build up enough trust to get some of the details. But over time, more will be remembered. Sometimes it's something simple like a smell or an event that they had not really taken on board, which when you think about it's pretty normal for us humans. A song, a smell or even a piece of clothing can bring back memories of the night in question. I try to get the witness to relax as best as they can. Then I avoid the event altogether. I ask them what they were doing that morning before this happened. What was their day like? When they're calmer, we can work up to the event itself. It's only then that I ask for details, like facial shape, or eye, or skin colour, whether it had hair or fur, any smells that were noticed, or lights. In doing so, I'm hoping to trigger that memory base in the hopes of finding out finer details. Now, this isn't always possible with every case. Sometimes memories are buried and are stored away in a safe place. And it's my job to try and bring those memories to the light in the calmest way possible. It's only then that I tell them of any reports close by or anything similar to their event that I can match to another report that we've taken. I also offer to put them in touch with other witnesses. It can be very freeing to speak to someone who has also experienced the same impossible creature or unexplained event as yourself. Even today, I am reminded of my worst days when I smell wild garlic or lavender. takes me right back to that afternoon. That was what that area of the park smelt like because of the garden. I've been been interviewed hundreds of times over the years, so much so that telling my encounter has come a bit automatic for me. But even now, I'm reminded how the memory is a complex thing. Paul Sinclair asked me once if I saw the bushes moving when my man ate revealed himself. And I had to be honest and say I don't remember seeing that. 
My eyes never left its face. I concentrated on the eyes, the teeth and the jawline. Another researcher asked me what the ears looked like. And I had to think, because I don't remember seeing any. I could see the top of its head, which was like ours or an ape's. So the ears would have to have been hidden by his hair, perhaps? His hair was long and swept back. I remember it was clean looking and shiny. I remember pushing my friend. But I don't remember the run home until I was almost there. I came to on the East Lancashire Road when I realised that my quickest route was through the thickest brush and I wasn't prepared to do that. I remember the fear of crossing that land and making the decision to take the long way around. But I don't remember leaving the park. I can remember what I was wearing, what the weather was like, yet other parts of the event are hazy. It can be the same for witnesses. They will remember little details and yet chunks will stay hidden for years. They can be reading a book and driving the car or just going about their ordinary daily routine when a memory surfaces. Sometimes it's distant like a dream or it can be a flood of memory that they've had locked away. So for all the reports I've taken over years, no two are exactly the same. They each have their own event with an impossible being or something that they cannot explain that they're left with until they find others like you and I who are prepared to listen without judgment. One such chap had a very strange encounter in the 1980s in Canic Chase and he says, I was over at Canic Chase with a girlfriend it was about 25 years ago and it was a warm summer's night and she noticed something in the tree line watching us And honestly, when I looked, it looked like a large man in a fur coat standing in the trees. When I turned the car lights on, it ran deeper into the trees. He was very big, and it did look... Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. Chumba. The DMV. Number 97. Or. Chumba. House cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As though he was slouched over. He was kind of leaning forward to the kind of to the side of him. As I saw him through the trees, he looked like a bodybuilder. I didn't hear anything on the night. Nothing strange. That's not even when he moved through the trees. We heard nothing. I never knew there were strange things happening over the chase. And so one of my friends mentioned it after I told him what happened. This happened to me close to the German cemetery at Cannock. On April the 26th, 2007, the local Staffordshire Post newspaper ran the following story. A rash of sightings of a werewolf-type creature has been prowling around the outskirts of Staffordshire 
have prompted a respected Midlands paranormal group to investigate the area. Now, the West Midlands Ghost Club says they've been contacted by a number of shock residents who saw what they claim to be a hairy wolf-type creature, and it was walking on its hind legs around the German War Cemetery, just off Camp Road, in between Stafford and Cannock. Now, several of the witnesses claim the creature sprang up on its hind legs and ran into the nearby bushes when it was spotted. The newspaper continued that Nick Duffy of the West Midlands Ghost Club said the stories of werewolf sightings in the chase area were something that he had encountered before. Mr Duffy said the first person to contact us was the postman who told us he had seen what he thought was a werewolf on the German War Cemetery site. He said he was over there on a motorbike and he saw what he believed was a large dog. When he got closer... The creature got on its hind legs and ran away. Now, Mr Duffy added, I've spoken to many witnesses and I know when they're not putting it on or when they're telling the truth. But what struck me as strange about this was the way he told it. I mean, no doubt that he was telling the truth. The creature was also apparently spotted by a scout leader walking over the forest land earlier in April. The man, who the post stated did not want to be named, said he saw what he initially believed was a large dog prowling by the bushes. It was only when he got in his car to drive away that he realised there was something strange about the animal. He said, it just looked like a huge dog, but when I slammed the door of my car, it reared up on its back legs and ran into the trees. It must have been about six to seven feet tall, and I know that sounds absolutely mad, but I know what I saw. In recent years, there have been a high number of pet disappearances, especially in the area around the German War Cemetery. And it's certainly the case that the area has been the site of animal, particularly deer mutilations. Lots and lots of reports have come in over the last two decades, and they are still coming in. The last report I took was in early 2019, and that was from two gentlemen who were shadowed from the trees by a huge black shape that watched their every move. The shape kept up with the men as they moved through the trees. Now, BBR have had two investigations at Canic Chase with the BBR members. Some people come out just for the day for a cuppa and a chat, and others stay overnight and do a night investigation. On our first visit, I had to head home by 5pm on the coach, as back then we had no transport. Myself and my carer, Karen Eastwood, travelled down from Manchester for the day. It was a roaring success and a number of people came out to meet us. I was back home when I was contacted by the team at the night vigil to ask if we were messing about or trying to scare them. Now they were convinced someone was there in the forest and was growling and screaming outside of the camp and I assured them that I was at home, tucked up in bed. Travelling can be very hard on me and my disabilities and I'm usually confined to bed for a few days after attending any event. We never did discover the source of the growls or the screams. Now, on the second occasion we met at Canuck, we met at the visitor centre as it was a warm summer's day and the area was full of visitors. So we just had our usual campfire natter and a cuppa. And I set off at about 6pm as I was camping at a place in Kidderminster. Now, we'd arrived the day before and we were staying at the Castlegate campsite, which is beautiful, surrounded by crop fields and horses, and it's set in the grounds of an ancient castle and there have been a number of paranormal investigations there. On arriving, the owner asked about our stay and where we were from. 
I explained about BBR investigations and that we were having a meet down at Cannock Chase the next day. And he asked if I knew of any reports close to his farm. I didn't have my laptop with me or anything like that, so I couldn't check. So I advised him I had over 1,200 reports at that point and I would have to check my map and my records when I was near to my laptop when I got home. Um, He went on to explain that he'd seen a very strange-looking dog-like creature on his fields about four years before. He described it as being as large as a pony or a small horse with a greyhound snout. So we camped over and we met with the other members at Cannock the next morning. We usually get a brew on and get chatting as it makes people loosen up a little bit and as many of them are strangers for a few moments. One chap told us he'd slept there the night before while camping and he was explaining about the monkey noises he'd heard during the night and luckily he'd seen the sign for the Go Ape Centre and he realised that the whoopy crimes came from the monkeys there. And his, his face changed intently when I explained there were no monkeys or apes at the centre. It's merely an adventure playground built into the woods for visitors to use, and the title Go Ape is just basically what they want you to do. They want you to get into the trees and climb. So what did he hear that night? I mean, the Midlands has a host of creature reports as does most of the UK. And we do have areas where clusters of accounts happen and yet in some it's just the one report. It varies, really. I often wonder if this is the area itself that attracts, attracts or kind of emits the phenomena or is it the person themselves that are the catalyst as they step into that area? Is there something about each witness that's special or unusual in some way? Can the dog-headed ones tune in to this ability? Or is the person who's turning tuning into the land and the secrets that it holds? In our next account, I would imagine hundreds of people have walked this way to use the shark court before Dave, and certainly afterwards. Yet he was the one confronted by the creature he described as a man with the head of an Alsatian dog. This sighting happened about 20 years back in the suburb of Birmingham, uh, to a gentleman called Dave. He was 22 years old and he relayed the story to another gentleman who reported it on his behalf. He said, Dave's a very straight chap, not at all interested in mysteries, paranormal topics, UFOs, etc. And he's well known for his honesty. He knew I was interested in such matters and one night told me he wanted to share something he hadn't talked about with anyone else before. His story starts with him coming home from a night out with friends in Birmingham City Centre. Although he'd been drinking, he stressed he was not drunk and he had a clear head. He got off the nice service bus at Kings Norton Green and decided to cut through a large playing field which sits opposite the cemetery at the Green. Now, a shortcut to the canal at the bottom would take him at least half an hour off his walk home. It was a clear night with a moon. So he said it was a fair amount of light, but it was cold. And he started to walk along the path which runs along the edge of the field, linking it to a small road, before you reach the canal that runs on then to the main road. So after walking about a quarter of the length, he glanced to his left and saw a very tall man walking parallel with him across the other side of the field. He estimated the guy was about seven to eight feet tall, which made him look a little more carefuller. While still walking, he noticed to his surprise that the guy had what appeared to be the head of an Alsatian dog. 
At first, he thought maybe it was a mask of some sort and the guy was coming back from a party. But as he looked, he could see the creature's breath coming from the snout. And there seemed to be a fluid movement as it walked. Not the stiff neck walk you'd expect from a mask placed over a man's head walking through the field in the dark. Now, the creature was wearing a long, dark coat and never looked in Dave's direction at any point. Dave panicked a little bit at this point. His exact phrase was that his ass was chewing tougher and he decided to speed up his pace, which he did. He glanced again to his left and was alarmed to see the dog-headed man had matched his pace, but stayed on a parallel course. He stayed calm and continued his brisk walk, observing the dog-headed man from the corner of his eye. If this thing changed its direction, he planned to run, but he still hoped that it was all a bad dream or a hoax of some kind. At the bottom, instead of crossing the brook that runs along the base of the field leading to the canal, Dave cut right up the small road, and just before he reached the road, he broke into a sprint, and he looked fully at the dogman to see what it would do. It kept pace with him, but it didn't appear to be running. But again, it was maintaining its parallel course. It stepped over the brook like you would a small puddle, at which point Dave had to turn his back making the sprint to the main road. He said that was the worst part, was not seeing it, imagining this thing was right at his back. At last, he reached the main road with a fair bit of traffic. It built his confidence, so he turned to see if this thing had followed him. And it was nowhere to be seen. And that's pretty much what he told me. Although, I will add, he was almost in tears, as he told me, and he was shaking to be... Honest, so was I, he says. Which I suppose brings up the question of what are they? Well, the theories are never-ending. From thought form tulpa to flesh and blood creature and everything in between. Kind of a spectrum of explanations set in concrete by so many people. It can be that hard to wade through all that information cherry-picking what fits with theory. I think the honest answer is we really don't know. What information matches the creature you saw or the circumstances of the event that you had? Some creatures described as almost see-through and spirit-like. Yet others are like the hammer house of horry creature we know so well. Some have sleek coats and look healthy and well-cared for. Yet others have matted hair and look sickly. Are they dimensional travellers that move between worlds? Are they different in one dimension than another? Are they from another world entirely? And the next report happened way back in the 1960s. And I would imagine for this witness, there was nowhere to turn for answers. Nowhere to go and report this event. A woman sees a dogman-like creature. Burton on the Water, 1968. Now, this report was written by the witness themselves in their own words. The light from the room shone in an arc of about 10 feet around the window. And in that area, I saw, as soon as I came to the window, a strange figure. My perception of what it was heightened by the state of frozen panic it induced in me, to be honest. It was, for me, without any doubt, a demon or a devil because of my Western-orientated interpretation, I imagine, 
the vision, you know, this creature or animal or man or whatever it was I saw. It was something like a scorpion man as well as Pan. It had a dog and a goat-like legs. It was covered in silky downy fur. It was dark and glinting in the light. It was unmistakably humanoid. And to my mind, malevolent. It crouched and stared unblinkingly at me with light, great green eyes that slanted upwards and had no pupils. The eyes shone and were by far the most frightening thing about it. It was, I think, retrospectively trying to communicate with me, but my panic interfered with any message I might have received. If it had stood to its full height, it would have been about four to five feet tall. It had pointed ears and a long muzzle, and it gave the impression of emancipation. Its hands and fingers were as thin as sticks. Eventually, convinced that I was hallucinating, I went and sat down for a while until the panic subsided. Then I went to see if it was still out there, and it was, except that it had moved further into the shadows on the edge of the arc of light. I made sure I kept away from that door for the rest of the evening and I left the next day. I told nobody. Can you imagine being this witness? Long before we knew of dogmen, back in the days when any abnormal event was seen as negative and demonic, confronted by something outside your home that's trying to communicate with you or attract your attention, no doubt this witness felt almost hunted or stalked. Was this an important messenger or guide, or something sent to feed on your fear and horror? The description reminds me of the old skinwalkers or wendigos of Native American law, said to be the damned who feasted on human flesh and become halflings. They were set to wander for eternity, claiming the souls of us humans. Like the Luke Guru of France and the devil dogs of England, red-eyed creatures that stalk and hunt humans for pleasure. Yet in other cultures and times, the dog-headed men were seen as benevolent, fighting on our behalf against evil. The Sinocephales and the Benedante, the wolf-headed men, St Christopher himself is said to be such a being. They fought against evil at night as humans slept. Huge battles were raged between good and evil in a fight that still continues to this day. The Scottish wolvers would feed the villagers with fish in times of famine. They helped the poor families and only alas to be allowed to remain amongst the villagers and live out their lives in secrecy, security and alongside people. I suspect, like most beings, there are many kinds, many agendas and have lack of knowledge on our part. Each report that comes in fills in another link in the chain, kind of another piece in the puzzle. It was big, it was an all fours, the Brockton Dogman, spring 2019. And we've been to Cannock Chase a couple of times and the second time we went, we were near the Brockton area of Cannock because I have the sightings map of yours, Deb, that I got off your channel on YouTube. So we walked for a few miles around in the woods and we came across a really densely packed wooded area which just we had to have a look at, so we went in. About 20 to 30 feet inside the wood, we found an abandoned camp. The tent was torn. 
and there was rubbish in bags all over. And we weren't sure what to make of it, so we left the wood. We had a few mile walk around that bit, and, but on our way back, my friend stopped, looked into the wood and said, What's that? I turned to him and saw his face, and I quickly turned to where he was looking, but I saw nothing. So I asked him what did he see, and he said, I don't know, but it was big, and it was down on all fours. So me, being me, I went straight into the wood to try and see if I could see something. But I couldn't see anything. I did find some bones on the floor when my friend said he'd saw this thing. They looked like a young deer bones because of the size of its skull and a couple of leg bones, but it looked fresh. And since that day, me and my friend have been talking about what we saw. So we've come up with a plan where we're going to go back, um, hopefully to see if we can find anything out. And if I do, I'll be in touch. I'm not too far away in June of 2015. A witness came, uh, Mrs Charlton, said, whilst driving home one night about midnight in the Penderford area of Wolverhampton, uh, a witness described their experience with a strange canine creature. Mrs Charlton said it was a bright night and there were streetlights on the road. I was doing a journey I've done hundreds of times before and I was driving when a strange creature on all fours ran in front of my car. It was like the event happened in slow motion. The creature resembled a werewolf from the Harry Potter movies, and I'm a total non-believer. But I can't deny what I saw with my own eyes. And to this day, it was a clear image in my head. Open researching with local farmers, asking around if they'd seen or heard anything unusual, resulted in some interesting comments from one local farmer. The farmer whose land this creature ran onto has said his dog, who is not bothered by badgers or foxes, is spooked by something in the darkness. Sometimes at night, when he goes to check on his stock, the dog goes nuts and will not leave his side. And he stays within the light at all times. Now the farmer said this has always made him think something was there that couldn't be seen. And he was a bit apprehensive out on his own as his dog is normally very hard and nothing seems to bother him at all. Now, farmers, postmen and van drivers are a good witness source for me. And in the early days, I'd use the CB radio to ask truckers and long-distance lorry drivers if they'd seen or experienced anything strange or unusual on the lonely roads at night. And as you can guess, I was presented with some very strange tales. Tales of eight-foot-tall drag queens working the beat in Manchester to a man completely naked curled up in a ball and someone's car back in the middle of a trading estate. No amount of beeping or swearing could wake him up, but these were far tamer than the reports I was looking for. Sometimes I would find encounters with, like, roadside ghosts and white ladies and soldiers dressed in historical dress, that kind of thing. But on some very rare occasions, I'd receive the odd nugget, the odd report of a monkey-like shuck or a red-eyed devil dog. And even the odd Bigfoot report would come through. But the person reporting never said Bigfoot. It was usually described as a gorilla man or a monkey man. Tucked within those reports was a gent who contacted a well-known publication at the time to report his encounter with a werewolf-type creature in Scotland. And that happened in Obama. In the early hours of the winter morning on a stretch of road outside of the Scottish town of Obama, the witness was a mailman on his way to work and he described seeing the creature racing along the road 
at very high speed in the opposite direction to that which he was travelling in. The beast totally ignored the shock driver, who continued on his journey in a highly agitated state, not quite believing what it was that he'd just seen. But he was sure of the facts that it was about 3am, and he had, for a brief, few brief seconds, he had encountered what he described as a tall, man-like figure with wolf-like features hurtling along the road at breakneck speed. Now, this next report is not only unusual due to the fact that there are multiple witnesses who see the same creature at the same time, but it's one of the very rare accounts where the creature seen is described as female. It was also spotted running alongside the cars on the motorway at about 2.30am. I had to interview the witnesses and um, one of our members interviewed each witness as well and they each had a different view depending on where they were sitting in the car and where they were actually sat within each car. And I'll explain more. On January 2019, um, I received a report from a number of witnesses to the same figure and that was spotted by several ladies during um, a journey back to Manchester from North Yorkshire. Now, luckily, one of the ladies on the journey knows of me, my interest in any unknown and creatures and sightings and paranormal figures here in the UK. So she felt okay about contacting me and speaking with me about it. She said the ladies were travelling two vehicles in convoy as they'd been to a wedding reception. They must have taken a wrong turn on an unfamiliar road and they quickly became lost. They went through one tiny village after another, getting turned around, and sadly, one of the cars also needed petrol. So they proceeded to search for a garage that could help. After finding a garage open that late and getting directions back to the motorway, they set off again, only for the lead car to suffer a blowout. As two ladies fixed a tyre on the car, the others waited for them to finish. Now, it seems fate was playing a hand because in the, on that moment, on that dark country road, one of the ladies in the back of the car said, can you see that weird wolf-looking thing? And they all looked in the direction she was pointing and described seeing a very large dog that looked like a wolf walking along, hugging the wall of the house. One of the women said, it just kind of slunk along and turned the corner and we couldn't see it anymore. They fixed the tyre and set off again, hoping to get onto the motorway and home after a long day. They travelled about half of what was left of the journey and were in conversation over FaceTime in the two cars. One lady in the first car points out the front and says, What the f***'s that? Of course, everyone looked out the window to see what she was pointing at. There was a figure heading east along the embankment as they were travelling west. Now, there were lots of commotion and lots of look at him as they each saw a dark-running, human-like figure on the hillside. Each lady got her own view of the unknown figure. They each described a tall, thickly-muscled, human-like shape that was moving with speed in the opposite direction that the car was travelling. I realised they had each seen the fleeing creature from a different angle and that we'd have to get each of the individual stories and take the reports separately. So Karen stated, when we first left the venue, we needed petrol, so we were sent miles out of the way, down dark country roads, ending up a bit lost. None of us knew where we were or how to get back to the motorway. Eventually, we hit a village with a petrol station. 
And it was a really bad journey and a bad day all around. And the lead car had a blowout and we had to keep stopping. So to be honest, my mind was elsewhere. Earlier, as we parked outside the garage, we saw this weird, large, wolf-like dog. And it was really big. And the girls pointed out. They watched it as it walked off. But I didn't pay any attention, to be honest. At that point, I just wanted us all home safe. It had been a long, hard day at this point, and although the dog looked much bigger than your average dog, it was not a fox or anything like that, and it did look like a wolf. It was just slinking along, and it moved behind some houses, and in all the commotion, I just forgot about it. It was a strange night all round. When we set off, I was on the phone to the other car when Nick swore and said, Can you see him? and pointed up the hillside. And to be honest, I could. I could just make out a large black shape, but we passed far too fast and I couldn't be 100% sure if it was male or it was female. I thought she was going to point at that dog from before. That's what's jumped into my mind. And I thought it had followed us. So I'm looking at this thing and trying to work out what I'm seeing because it was huge and upright, running along, at which point Joel stated she could see it as well. Honestly, I was so shook up from the journey, I just put it out of my mind. But the girls talked about it all the way home. We all saw a really tall, over six foot tall, very broad, dark figure running in the middle of the night on a lonely road. Nick stated, Saturday just gone. We'd been to Yorkshire and on the way back, we were coming over the moors and I swear I saw a figure running along the hillside and along the motorway. He was just running at some speed and he looked odd. Really tall, taller than six feet and broad. It was running up the hill and then along with the line of the motorway. But the car moved on and he was out of sight then. And it was the speed that first caught my eye. It moved so fast and it was really big. Earlier in the night... We saw a really weird wolf-looking dog, but I don't think the two incidents are connected. Joel stated, I was coming back from a trip across the moors in the car and it had been a bad journey, so we'd parked up at first while we decided what to do and I saw this weird wolf-looking thing. It looked big and bulky like a wolf and then as we made it onto the motorway, we saw a figure up on the bank. But it was. It looked like a massive man, but with a small head. And it ran out of the bank and then carried on running. There was something off about it that made you think it wasn't just a man out late running in the middle of nowhere. Now, while speaking to the other ladies one-to-one, they all said virtually the same thing. But the first lady to see the running figure had a very good view of the creature and she described a snouted mouth like a dog and clear and visible breasts. She said, from behind, she looked like a thickly muscled man running. But when I first saw her, she was clearly female and you could see her breasts moving as she run and she had clearly had young. And us ladies know other ladies' boobs, so I understand what she's saying there. Now, as you can imagine, reports of female cryptids or paranormal creatures, whatever name you want to give to them, female reports are very rare. I know of only a handful. And there's only one report in Cheshire that I know of a young man 
who was watched from the woodline by a female creature, standing upright on two legs. He describes her muscled arm placed around the tree. He also felt watched, and that was the reason he got up, and he looked out of the window. And he said, I saw a female upright wolf watching me from the woods outside my bedroom. It was a number of years ago now, and I saw her from my window. I remember her thick arms and her muscled body. And at the time, I lived in a house that looked out onto the Greenbelt land. There were a lot of trees and brush, streams and farms and land that way. For a number of weeks, I had felt watched when I was at home or out in the woods camping. I had a feeling that night that something was watching me. And I got up and I looked out of the window. And that's when I saw her. She was around seven feet tall and she was cloaked from the waist down. It hadn't gone dark yet, so I could see her clearly, and she was just watching me. I could clearly make out breasts, that's how I knew she was female. And a number of weeks before this happened, we did have most of our chickens killed, but I am unsure if this is related. She also looked sickly somehow, as if she wasn't well. She had a human-like face, but there was a definite snout. I would describe her as a female bipedal wolf. I just watched until she left. I went back to bed. I still feel watched sometimes, even though I live somewhere else now. Now, the first time David saw a canine creature, he was on his way home from work, and he was taking a route he'd done many times. And as he passed his local pub in Winsford one evening, he saw a creature that was thick and muscular climb the wall of the pub and sit on the tiled roof. He also experienced one camping trip close to home, where he and a friend had sticks and branches thrown at their tent. They were so scared, they phoned the police to escort them from the area. There was another occasion in Delamere Forest, where again the tent was attacked, and both men could hear running feet and shuffling movement on the trail below them. David. Now, unfortunately, the ladies in the car... They had lots of witnesses, so they were very fortunate. They can back each other's accounts up. Mr Bunt, however, was alone at home when he watched, saw the female wolf out of the window. To be in a car driving or to see something out in the wilds is one thing, but to hear it next to the window or right outside the house must be horrifying. Knowing you were that close would be too much to bear for most of us. And to be watched as you're in your home brings a whole new level of terror. Time and time again, I hear from people who have heard breathing up close to the window. They hear bangs on the walls or the roof, which make them look outside to be confronted by an incredible sight. Footsteps on the garden gravel or shadowy figures in the tree line. Faces peeking around trees or even worse, pressed up to the window pane. Now, these days, reports often come in from motorists driving to and from a destination. In many of the reports, the creature is said to be hunched or crouched at the side of the road. And is this to try and stay hidden, perhaps? Or have they been caught out unawares? Are they ready to pounce and leap across the road somehow? I honestly don't know. But you'll see the description of crouched or hunched often reported in dogman sightings. There are times when creatures cross the road right in front of a car in full view of the driver. 
And this happened in Swannington in 2013 near the Grace Dupira. And the witness was named Emma Adam and she said, I want to report something that happened to me and my sister a few years ago now, back in 2013. We still don't know to this day what we saw and I don't have a name for it and there's nothing on Google that's matching with it. Someone said it could be a red deer as they will stand on two feet, but this was no deer. We were driving along Limby Hall Lane in Swannington in Leicestershire and this is just past the Grey Stew Priory area and we decided on this route as it was new for us and we wanted to walk the dog somewhere different for a change. My sister lived in Eastwood, Nottingham at the time, so she came over and she slept the night at mine in Whittick. We were out on the lane and it was getting darkish, but there was still plenty enough light to walk our two dogs. I would say it was roughly around February, about 10, 11pm at night. My sister was a driver and I was a passenger and our dogs were in the back. As we went down the lane... A man came out from the fields with three dogs and he crossed the road into the woods to the side and we thought nothing of it. We stopped the car to let them pass as it's a single road and you can't turn your car around until you reach the rest stops, which we call pull-ins. After the man passed us, we went a few pull-ins along the road and still not wide enough to turn the car and we decided to just keep going until we could turn around safely at the end and head back. So we carried along Limby Hall Lane for some time and then, in the distance and the light from the car headlights, we could see something was walking across the road as it was walking, and it was walking strangely. It was very tall and I would say at least seven to eight feet tall. It looked injured as it walked across the road slowly with a limp and it had an arched back. It was very wide and all black and as the headlights didn't reach it properly, we couldn't get a really good look at its face. I said to my sister, stop the car. What the, is that? She said, I've got no idea. And she pressed the horn. And to our horror, this thing stopped in the middle of the road and turned and stared at the car. I told my sister to put the main beam on. And she did this and we were still not close enough to light it all up. The only thing that did light up was eyes. It was reflecting not just two eyes, but many. This thing had multiple reflective eyes. It just stood there in the road for ages, looking at the car. Then it walked, with what I believe to be a limp, into the woods in the field and was gone. At this point, we were both bricking it. And we pressed the central lock in and we couldn't turn the car around quick enough. We had to go forwards where this thing had been stood. And as we went past that point where it went into the woods and the road, it was pitch black. My sister just floored it. Now, on telling people this, they just don't believe you. And I don't suppose they will until it happens to them. We Google to try and find this creature, but we cannot find anything that matches it. And that, I took that report on the 30th of August 16th, so almost four years ago to the day. And there was a follow-up, and she said, my sister and three friends are going to go back to Limbiar Lane at night to investigate the earlier sighting. Emma was one of those witnesses who is determined to find out what she saw, and she's still searching now. On chatting with my friend, we realised that her uncle also saw the same thing as I did, and my sister saw on the same road. This time it was walking along the grass verge at night. Now his account is almost exactly the same as mine 
in exactly the same area and stretch of road. Just opposite Grace Dew Priory, he saw a crouched dark figure that had no face that could be seen as the figure was so hunched over with an arched back he couldn't see its face. It was coming towards him, almost heading for his car. This was at the junction opposite the ruins. He turned left, off, sped off quickly towards Loughborough and now he will never drive past the area and he avoids it at all times. Now this is clearly something that needs looking into further. Well, another point that baffles me is why these creatures just didn't remain hidden. Instead of crouching at the side of the road to be picked up in the headlights or by growling or snarling or relieving their position. In part two, I will bring you some more reports like these that come from the book. And if you're interested in reading the book when it comes out in September, there is actually over 60 personal sighting reports within it. And obviously, I've added in any of my thoughts and things like that. And I think you wouldn't actually enjoy it. So if you liked what you heard tonight, give us a like or a share. It's very important for us that we try to get the channel out there because it enables us to reach more people. So hit like or share or check out the links in the description below. You can donate to help us investigate or you could be a volunteer investigator yourself. Or find our Patreon and podcast sites um, and you'll hear some ex exclusive reports and things like that on there. Hit that subscribe button and I will be back with some new sightings in not too long. So I'll be back with part two for you, dogmen, werewolves and
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.